0: Everyone, Would you please welcome to the Putting You Over Podcast, he is a guitar player and vocalist for the group Rancid, and he is the host of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, he is Lars Fredrickson!
1: What an intro. That was an intro from hell.
0: Right? That was good.
1: I, w- I wish like uh, my kids would greet me like that in the morning.
0: <laughs> how, do, how do they greet you?
1: Uh, why do I got to get up, Dad? You know what I mean. Get out of my room. I'm hungry. Can you get my clothes?
0: <laughs> How old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh, 14 and 10.
0: Oh, oh, I got, I got three daughters: 13, nine. No, not 13. Oh my God, I th- she thinks she's a teenager: 12, <laughs> nine, and five. Wow. Yeah, you
1: got your hands full, buddy. Tell me about it. That's
0: why I get. To yeah, no,
1: and you. I'm. I mean, I'm about, you know, I'm trying to have more too. So I don't, I, I you know, my, everybody says I'm crazy, yeah. but I'm like, you know, I've always wanted a big family and I got a lot of energy, you know I mean? Even at 50 years old, I, I don't feel that way up here. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So
0: Do it. Let's do, do it up. It's that easy, right? Pra-
1: <laughs> practice makes perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I try. it's what I've been telling my wife, but it doesn't work out that way.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, uh, my partner's 10 years younger than me. So, and she's never had the opportunity to have kids. So I was just like, yeah, I'm down. And you know, I mean, for me, it's like all about the love.
0: Sure. Spread the love. Brooklyn you way. Know. That's Danny Limelight. <laughs> <awesome.
1: laughs> um, the biking way.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, it, thanks for having it, me. Yeah. Sorry.
1: I'm a little late.
0: Oh, don't worry about it. It's what makes the live aspect of the show. Fun is you just come <laughs> on when you come on. um, You've been a wrestling fan your entire life.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Always on in the house.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't always, uh, accepted about that. That's true. You know, you know, my, um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the Bay area. So we had, uh, a lot of different kind of wrestling TV shows. So we had, you know, we got the AWA, we got the WWF at the time, you know, we got glow you know, this is all later on. We got that when, uh, the superstation happened, when we finally got it on the West coast, we were watched able to watch the NWA. And we also had Polynesian Pacific championship wrestling, wow. uh, which was like high cheap Peter, my And I think our champion was Lars Anderson. And I was pretty stoked because, you know, it was the first time I could, I, you know, I knew somebody with my name that was like on TV, you know, cause Lars is not like a, a common name, wow. but, uh, yeah, I would absorb it. You know, I would just, uh, you know, I, 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 everything about it. And um, my friend, Andy Finney, he was from Detroit. I mean, he was a little older than all of us. He was a kind of a friend of my mom's. And uh, it was the same, same neighborhood, you know. Everybody in the neighborhood knew each other. It was, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s. when actually, you actually talked to your neighbors, right? So yeah, right. Um, Went outside. But he would right but he would he would see wrestling in detroit a kobo and talked about the chic and stuff and he had a stack of wrestling magazines i think it was uh the wrestler or something else and i remember it had the apartment wrestling uh segment in the the which was like these women that were wrestling around the apartment or whatever <laughs> so it was kind of this it was for a preteen. it was awesome
0: yeah I bet. but um
1: but yeah so i mean i i got exposed to it Pretty early, and then you know, a lot of times, like you know, I think one of the first guys I ever met was Don Morocco because Don Morocco used to live in Santa Cruz, which wasn't that far from where I grew up. So, and then you find out the history of like you know the mission, the Mission District in San Francisco, and the Samoans and the Tongans, and you know, because we we had those in our neighborhood too, Samoans and Tongans. So it's like you know. Uh, It was, it was, it was, it was really cool back then, you know, because, uh, there was a lot to choose from and, you know, it was cool. I mean, but everybody made fun of me for watching it because they said, this is fake. And I would defend it to the death of my, to the death and say, no, 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 this is real. You know,
0: Uh, wrestling fans, uh, growing up being a fan of wrestling in, in school at a young age, got a stigma. Yeah. it, It definitely had a stigma and, uh, it's like a closeted wrestling fan. I, I can I remember I had like maybe a small group of friends that I would enjoy it with. And, uh, and that was about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, being called a mark, uh, was looked at, I guess I, it kind of is being called a mark, a negative thing.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when all that terminology started to come out was after, you know, when, when the dirt sheets got a little bit more popular. And yeah. so everybody decided that they knew wrestling speak. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I don't know if, if a Mark is a good or a bad thing. I don't I'm just a wrestling fan. Um, you know, the Carney speak for Mark. is just like, you know, uh, you know, someone you can make money from, I guess. Right. But um, fuck it. If I'm a Mark, I'm a Mark. Oh, I hope I can now swear. You're, you're fine. Okay. Sorry about that. No, um, but uh, well then I'll continue to say fuck. <laughs> there you but, go. But yeah, so I I don't really necessarily know. I mean, I think people now with the inter, you know, with all the social media stuff, and there's like, you know, a lot of people are able to kind of have an opinion and a voice, and a lot of them, including myself, shouldn't have them. But uh, <laughs> I feel I feel like, uh, you know, when you if it's if you're using a derogatory tor- term towards a wrestling fan, it's pretty stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. You know, it, it seems like there's a competition. You know about who knows the most, and it's like, who cares? How about just not knowing and waiting to see what unfolds in front on your TV screen? It's like, you know, for I, you know, like as you know, I have a lot of friends who are professional wrestlers, and like when this whole Punk and um, uh, um sorry, I'm i I'm, I'm I'm going brain dead.
0: The new Kingston. angle with
1: Punk, thank you, uh, with Eddie Kingston. Like I, you know, I always said, this is some of the best shit I've seen in a while. Don't tell me what, you know, don't yeah. tell me anything because I want to be surprised, you know, and I, yeah. and I want to be entertained. And I mean, that's why I love professional wrestling is because the entertainment value, you know what I mean? And there's so much to choose from now. It's like, you can't, you know, there's not enough days in the week, you know, to catch up.
0: No, there is not. My wife says it's on every day of the week. And I was like, yeah, it pretty much is.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: that's interesting. Uh, We were just mentioning, we were reading the notes for the AW media call for Full Gear, and someone asked the question, uh, is Leo Rush and uh, Dante, yes, Dante Martin, are they a new tag team? And I'm like, dude, just let the story play out. His his tag team partner is going to come back. There's an arc there. And uh, I don't think we get enough of that in today's product. We get it here and there, but not everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I think I, I think storytelling is is somewhat of a lost art yeah. in the last fifteen plus years in professional wrestling. I feel like even the wrestlers forget to how to tell the stories, you know, inside the ring. And it's crash course TV, you know, it's like three weeks, you know, and that's the end of the angle at the pay per view. Right. At least that's you know somewhat of the WWE. But what I see AEW, GCW, some of these more independent um companies uh like you look at the um the jimmy lloyd g raver thing that's happened and it was over a year basically and you know it's like to build that kind of stuff and to, to to do it successfully you know it's still there like you know i feel like people and companies can do it i mean i think a lot of people are 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 looking at you know is the attention span of of this age bracket gonna last and it's like i'm from the school and maybe i'm just older but i mean watching dusty in the in the four horsemen and that was what two freaking years uh, basically that they ran that angle and then you know after magnum got hurt then you had a whole other thing happening with the superpowers and um you know so i feel like if you can emotionally attach to a professional wrestler it doesn't matter how long you drag the story out but you also have to ebb and flow and you have to bring new things in and out of that you know in order to keep it successful But that's just me as a wrestling fan watching i mean i you know i've never been in creative and behind the scenes and wrote wrote for any of this stuff although i feel like i should but i mean that's also part of being a a wrestling fan and for as long as i have been you know and i I think that like if you're seeing you know i remember when i was watching aew and and i did have have a criticism I think it was a Moxley match. I can't remember who he was against, but you know, there was this bump, this bump, this bump, and he goes through two tables and then he gets up five seconds later and starts running the ropes. And it's like, where's the fucking psychology here? It's like, what, why would you even do the table spot if you're going to be running the ropes five seconds later? It's just that kind of stuff. And then you see like, there's a match. I believe it might've been on raw and it was punk and William Regal for the IC belt. And it's like, you know you got punk kicking him in his back and regal gets up and selling his hand like it's like you know oh he kicked me so hard in the back yeah, that now my nerve. arm is yep. fucking. yeah and it's just like those little things are just like pins like i mean lackadaisical pins and then the referee not you know being where the referee should it's just like it's like i think those those little things like that and i don't want to sound like a critic right because i think what's going on is is pretty wonderful and i feel like everybody's got that room to learn but Seeing that psychology, it's kind of like where does Omega and Brian go from there? I mean, yeah, they had an amazing match, but like where does it go from there? You know what I mean? But then you see like a guy, and I'm going to keep referring to him not only because he's my best friend, but he's got a fucking mind for the shit. He's slowing the match down, you know? And that's a, you know, and he's keeping it like, you know, believable. And there's a story being told actually in the ring. And I think a lot of that is, I mean, everybody thinks that they got to get up, do 20 high spots, boom, 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 jerk each other off and then boom, let's go home. And it's like, fuck, man. It's like, what just happened? Like there's n- n- nothing was, was, was told there it was just a bunch of high spots. There's you no,
0: know? no foreplay anymore. It's just like,
1: no, straight in- to the fucking <laughs> baboon. Sorry for the ladies. Oh, uh,
0: sorry. But Vanessa, be fine. I, I hope. Sorry. Sorry, Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, good, don't worry. Uh, I agree. When CM Punk came back at that first match with Darby Allen, one hell of a match. You you could see the difference. He did slow it down. Uh, for probably a couple reasons. First match back in a long time. One, but that's told a story that match between
1: those two. Well, even even the Matt Seidel match. Yeah. You know, I mean, here's yeah. Matt Matt Seidel who can do, pretty much do anything, anything at at all. And it was like a wrestling match. I felt like I was—I could be watching Dick Murdoch versus Harley Race. Like it's that slow, it's that pace. There's a story there. It's like survival of the fittest. It's like wearing each other down, and then finally getting the GT. Like after all this time, you know, what I mean, it's like it's that kind of thing that emotionally you get emotionally invested in, and when it can reach out of your screen and get you emotionally invested on who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser. And you forget that it's like oh they've already worked it out but when you can be there with all that it's it's that's what is the entertaining part about it but when people want to spoil it and want to know who's in you know i don't care about the ratings i don't care about any of that shit like none of that stuff matters to me i know that there are some people who that that's important to, and that's there that's obviously a, a valid talking point but at the same time it's like i want to see guys that are characters And that are able to develop themselves as characters, and not only that, but have an emotional connection with the audience. And I.e., me—that's what's going to get me to spend money and sit in front of my TV on a Wednesday night, or a Monday night, or a Friday night.
0: Well said. Um, Punk is your best friend, or you know, one of your really close friend, uh, and he's got you know cult personality. AEW's got a ton of. Of music, uh, uh, the Pixies song for the best friends there. Um, your which band, is great, wh- phenomenal. Works. Um, uh, where's my? Yeah, I remember that song from Fight Club. Whenever I hear that song, I think of Fight Club. Uh, but now I'm slowly getting into best friends. Um, your song with Rancid, Ruby Soho, and then uh, Ruby Riot. Now Ruby Soho herself. How did that even come about?
1: Well, it's it's a long short story, really. Um, so I, I, she reached out to me when she was still with the WWE, and I think it was around a pay per view, and I can't remember which one it was. But she basically wanted to model one of her outfits to something that I had worn, and she hit me up and asked me if I if that was going to be if that was cool, and I said, Yeah, of course it's cool. I know who you are. I'm a fan. Um, And I've always loved Ruby because I always thought she had a lot more grit than a lot of the rest of the girls. And she wasn't like the rest of the girls. She stood out because number one, she knew how to wrestle. She was, um, you know, you could tell that there was a psychology there and there was a rhyme and a reason. Um, But I didn't think because of that programming of that, at that time, they weren't giving the women, you know, the opportunity to show what they really could do, but you you can kind of tune in when you've been watching a while on who's got who's really talented and who's just you know uh, a fitness model. So and which is totally fine. It's yeah. all about entertainment, right? But for me, like as a professional wrestling fan, I clue into more of that, right? So I always had an affinity from her for her. And when she asked me that, I was like, perfect. And so we would chat every once in a while. She sent my kids a bunch of t-shirts and stuff like that, and I sent her a bunch of rancid stuff and bastards and whatever she wanted. And we we became friends. And when she was released from the WWE, um, you know, there, I think there was a couple months there and then I finally hit her up and I said, hey, I noticed that you're not doing any, um, you know, uh, interviews or anything like that. And I totally respect this, but I got a podcast. Love for you to come on. You know, obviously we'll just talk about whatever you wanna talk about. We're just kind of wrestling fans, you know, who wanna talk about wrestling and not about, you know, shit for the dirt sheets, right? and so she said yeah you know what i'm gonna come on and that was the first interview that she did after her uh letting go of uh from the wwe and as we were talking she was like yeah you know obviously can't keep the name i'm looking for a new name and i was like well fucking duh you know ruby ruby soho rancid you're kind of you know you're into punk rock it'll make perfect sense it'll make sense and i know the people so it's we can make this happen and she was pretty flabbergasted I don't think she quite believed me at the time but then she hit me up and I just gave her my phone number and I was just like just call me up let's try to work it out and then I was privy to you know she was letting me know the information about maybe what she might do and all these things and with the song like the name for her was a lot different than like the song you know because the song is now you know kind of it's an intellectual property you know what i mean and so is you know the name of the song but it's anyways and i wanted to make it as easy as possible and still feel like everybody was being treated fair and it went really easy because tony is obviously um you know actually we just interviewed him on the wrestling perspective today and you know he's a he's a fan he knows you know what you know i'm a fan he's a fan he was on the tape trading boards when i was on the tape trading boards oh, it's oh like that's right you know you know so it's like there's this commonality so it was only gonna work but at the end of the day and i've said this in every interview that this topic has come up but rancid yes you know we've been around 30 years and all that and that song is probably one of the, the song that we're most well known for i mean maybe there's a few others but it's one small part to her big thing you know what i mean and being uh um in partnership like that with her is actually the raddest way it could have ever come out for rancid to be involved in something like this because i used to watch punk and he'd be coming out to something i'd just be like that ain't him (laughs) or you know sterling james keenan you know oh yeah you know you know he came out to Mainline murder by lars hicks and the bastards and i and i think we you know so there has been wrestlers that have come out to music that i've made or whatever but never in this kind of environment and um so to say that i'm honored is 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 you know i don't know i mean it's it's incredible because you know yeah. just hearing the song for the first time and i got my family with me and we're all watching it and it's just pretty magical because my kids were kind of looking at me like you know is, is dad really that cool you know?
0: <laughs> right
1: yes i fucking am you know what i mean <laughs> i make you I make this ham sandwich you know anyway uh,
0: would you would you like to make music for wrestlers
1: well okay. you know i i i have had opportunities in the past but it's it's like either the um i've got some things in store you know what i mean I, or coming up let's just say potential things um but i feel like it's got to be right for everybody you right. know because um it's not like i'm trying to get you know r- you know rich or anything but it would be nice to be you know accompanied with somebody that not only that you're a fan of because i feel like i couldn't go if sean stasiak made a comeback i'd be like and they said write a song for sean i'd be like Whoa, you know and nothing against um, sean stasiak but like you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. i need to have if it's like an eric Young. Or, uh, you know, um, I mean, the list can, can, can kind of go on. I don't really want to mm-hmm. give any more away, but like yeah. if I could do it like that, and if it's something that's more in my wheelhouse, and that's where I would start to do that before maybe I branched out and did other, did other things, like, you know, I could see myself working like that, but I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be working for a wrestling company as a music guy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing and I think I'm doing okay. Yeah, you know?
0: For sure. Um, I'm going to mark out for a second. One of my favorite, I, first I love the Rancid songs, but one of my favorite is uh, Leaving Here, uh, which was a cover and yep. you recorded it with... Bastards. Thank you. Uh, and phenomenal song. And then Pearl Jam started covering it and I was like, fuck, this is great. Anyways, off that of that. Um, you mentioned tape trading. Were you hev- yeah. heavily into that?
1: Yeah, I was. I mean, that's one of the ways that you could get exposed Japan to companies stuff, yeah. like especially, Yeah, especially stuff in Japan or stuff that you'd never seen, you know, like some CWF stuff yeah. or, you know, Florida stuff, you know, where you know, you could get the whole angle of like, you know, Kel- Kevin Sullivan and, yeah. you know, uh so it's it's like you could you could i remember and i forget his freaking name and i did this last time and i said i'm not going to forget his name but there was a, a gentleman on there you'd pay 10 bucks and he would fedex you something about that thick and it was just his match listing
0: All those and what matches. you would do
1: yeah and i forget his freaking name I, think his and I and lynch. So, uh, yes lynch yeah. yeah i think it was lynch yeah so because uh, I knew Schneider, I knew Will, I knew, you know, Rob Naylor, guys like that, but, like, and I would always be led to to, to Lynch's um, bit thing. So I remember, like, and there was another guy in Jap- uh, Japan. I think he might have been in the service or something, but he was in the Southern California. I forget what his name but it was, but he was more of the, the women's stuff down there. But um, long story short, like, I used to go through the match listings or those things and um i would uh you know gather the matches out send 20 bucks and then get a videotape back i still have a lot of those 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 videotapes and um a friend of mine um will helmick he was good helmet on the on the on the, the boards and he took a lot of those lynch tapes or and a lot of these other things that he had got and uh, burned them to, to dvd and then when the dvd when the DVD thing started to happen, um, you know, it was like, uh, um, you know, it, it just it kind of opened up a whole different thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just getting that information, the stuff from Japan, that's how I saw, you know, a lot of the All Japan, the New Japan stuff, and, you know, then the Big Japan, and a lot of the, like, the, the IWA, and a lot of the Deathmatch stuff, and that's how I got it all for the first time.
0: Um, I remember that. I remember trading tapes. i remember I think I even remember picking out of a list of matches uh kids today my my kids have no idea like nothing no. they, they want something. they type it up. insane yeah, uh man. so you're part of a wrestling podcast, like all of us yeah. are wrestling perspective podcast uh, yeah. great collection of of people i'm gonna I'm sure gonna leave out names uh but Jason Kendall, great catcher uh, from the Pirates. Demetri Young. Uh, there's a hockey guy, McCarty.
1: Uh, uh, Darren McCarty.
0: Thank you very much. Um, but you. He's like
1: you're, my hometown boy. What, Darren I'm McCarty? From, uh, yeah, I'm from where he grew up. Oh, you're you from um, uh, Canada? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, great, great show. But you're. Podcast radio show goes back even farther to Rancid Radio, where yeah. you guys had the first interview with John Cena as the prototype.
1: That is correct. That yeah. is correct. Yeah, because I remember there was, I can't remember if it was Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, or I can't remember what the name of the promotion was, but I think it was running at the Roxy.
0: Okay.
1: And me and my co host at the time, Birdman, uh, his name's Brent War- Warnicky or Warnecki, whatever, it's Polish, that's all I know. It's just a fucked up spelling. It's a hockey player's last name. But, um, so, you know, we, he was a super fan like myself, you know, and he knew a lot about wrestling and we had sort of somewhat of the same upbringing and roughly around the same age. And he lived in Los Angeles at the time. And I would go down there a lot, you know, obviously to, to uh, record with Rancid or do whatever it was. And when we started the idea with Rancid Radio, um, we were doing it through our website, through the internet, right? At first. And then it got, ended up getting picked up by Sirius, Sirius before it became, uh, the, the two merged. Yeah. I think it was when just Sirius was just, was, um, doing it. And, um, long story short is we went down to the, um, the, the show and I knew a guy there, he was a manager. His name was the big swag. And, uh, there was guys down there like Rob Van Dam would, would stop in every once in a while and and things like that. And there was a few guys that I knew from the Indies and whatever. And when we and I asked Schwag, I said, Hey, is it cool if we come down with the tape recorder? And this is one of those handheld tape machines. I said, you know, and do a few interviews. And he said, Yeah, for sure. And when the prototype came out, and I think it might have been his first match that he had ever done. We watched it, and he came out, and he was doing the Terminator trip, and he was so believable and so good at what he was doing. I knew the guy was going to be a star. He was in phenomenal shape. He knew what he was doing. I think he went over. I don't think it was that long of a match, but people didn't even know if they were going to cheer him or boo him, but it was like that stone-cold thing where they were unsure about where this guy was going to land because a lot of the people were into it that a lot of people – you know, because it was kind of a squash, didn't know how to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I went up to him and I said, you know, hey, um I don't know if, if you'd be interested in it, but um, I would love to interview because I and I was telling, but and we called the Birdman, the Birdman, anyways, Brent. Um, I said I think this guy's going to be a superstar, and I had I don't know if they had started working with the WWF at the time um because i know that they had at some point whatever this promotion was i can't remember. i think it was championship wrestling it could be something a little older anyway so we did about a five minute thing with him and he was super cool and he said do you want me to do this in character or do this as a shoot and i said let's just do it as a shoot and he talked about himself and just told told us you know what his real name was and you know uh what kind of music he was was into and he said hip-hop and I still have the tape of it somewhere, but it, the funny thing about it is, is that um, when I went out and I was on a loop with Punk and Kofi, and I was flying home, and it was at, on a, t- uh, yeah, I was, I can't remember it was the, the, it, I can't remember if Punk was with SmackDown because I remember we were there for the Raw, and then we stayed it on the Tuesday for the SmackDown. That's how they're that we're taping it, and I was at the airport at the same time as as John Cena. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, man, how you doing? And he said, and he kind of was like, looked like he did not want to be bothered. And he looked up and he said, hey, And I said, do you remember me? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I go, well, you know, I'm, you know, Bubba. And he goes, yeah, you gave me, you were the first, you were the one that gave me my first interview. So, and he remembered that. So that was kind of a pretty cool little yeah. moment, you know, that we had, because obviously he's bigger than, you know, anybody cool. right now. Yeah. As far as an actor, well, him and Rocky, anyway.
0: Yeah, that is great, man. That's awesome. Um, so you guys did. I, I, uh, I saw you guys on the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Had Tony Khan.
1: You taped yep. that
0: today, or it come? It came out today.
1: We taped that um, today, and it's going to come out, I think, tomorrow. Because I mean, we, we a lot of the times, you know, since I'm on the road, yeah. and now PD Petey, PD's got a job at the WWE now, and um, Darren during hockey season, you kind of can't bother him. And Dimitri and and Jason, you know, he, he had some other stuff. There was a point where he was going to go start working for a ball team. And so he had to kind of pull out of things, you know, and said, when, when I can do it, I'll do it. And, and then Dimitri, you know, he was teaching high school ball and I, you know, I think he's got some other stuff going on. So everybody joins when everybody can join. So it's like, And that's kind of the rule. So if I can't be there, then the show goes on. If Darren can't be there, the show goes on. It's kind of the same thing. The only person that we cannot be there with is Dennis Farrell, who's basically like the producer and probably I would say the main host, because he always starts off the interviews with the first question and he's very intelligent and he's a great producer and he really kind of keeps us all together and starts the flow and um a lot of the times gets gets a lot of the guests you know
0: yeah um so we were talking before you came on and we were talking AEW's full gear is this saturday night i think it's a stat card it's going to be 4 yep. hours so i probably will not make it through <laughs> um yeah. but we were like hey maybe we should get Lars's perspective and and get a little preview on e- each of these matches and we'll okay. run down the matches. You up for that?
1: Let's do it. Are All we right. going to start from the curtain jerker? Or are, we, are we going? Let's, let's wait for the main event. Let's work our way to the main event. You
0: wanna, we'll start right at the buy-in. They just announced uh, a, a buy-in matches, So we'll do that. We got uh, Nyla Rose and my favorite Jamie Hater versus Thunder mm-hmm. Rosa and Hakira Shida.
1: But Thunder Rosa and, and Akira is going to go over for sure. I think it's going to be a good match, though. I think any match with Thunder Rosa in it is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised she hasn't, you know, uh, or maybe it hasn't happened yet, or maybe it's in. I'm surprised she's not on the WWE, honestly. I feel like, you know, sure, her style and what she can do, and maybe it's better for her to be in an AEW and an NWA and do the indie stuff. Um, maybe that's just more congruent with her schedule but i'm really quite surprised because she's an intense talent although i think they would totally kill her up there change her gimmick and destroy whatever she built so
0: um we've had her on the show twice she was did have stuff with the wwe they wanted her to be a ref that's what they wanted so you're right they were going to destroy her
1: (laughs) well i know that she worked with them as one of the godfathers friends but like you know I mean, I she's just such an incredible talent. I mean, you know, whatever whoever she steps in the ring with goes up a notch. She's like one of those types of wrestlers. And she hasn't been doing it for all that long. But I feel like she has a unique perspective. And the things that she can do in there are just definitely unbelievable.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. So, we got Thunder Rosa and Sheeta going over. Up next, uh, tag team match, Pac and Cody Rhodes versus... Yeah. Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo.
1: Well, I feel like just for the sake of storytelling, you got to put Malachi and Andrade over. Um, you know, because I, you know, Cody. If Cody goes over, I mean, I feel like they have they've had their moments with Cody, and I think he's a great wrestler. And you know, one of my favorite things that Cody ever did, one of my favorite gimmicks ever, was the Stardust thing. Right, yeah. going way back, I actually got a painting commission. And it's my friend Hal Haney, and what he does is he does like these half faces, so half was gold dust, half was Stardust, nice. because I love that tag team, even though it lasted what three days or yeah. three minutes or how? So the you know they could have gone for so fucking long with them, and they didn't. I mean, they were broken up before the toys came out. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I am a fan of Cody Rhodes, but I feel like for the storyline's sake, um, and you know, I, I understand like the Pac thing there. I'm um, I'm not super like. Uh, I don't really gravitate to to his thing. I understand that he's very talented, but it's not something that draws any heartstrings. I, I, I Malik out of the four Malachi, I would say is is probably some my favorite and somebody that I actually root for. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like if if they're smart, if the booking smart, it's not going to end in like some schmas thing. But Malik, there's going to be a clean pin because I feel like that thing with Cody, you know, trying to re get that anger again. That could be one more part of that story you know
0: awesome keep it going keep it going um darby allen versus uh mjf
1: yeah that's this is going to be a hard one i mean the one of the things that i kind of wish would have happened in this is if darby said nothing throughout this whole thing and that would just only infuriate mjf that much more you know like why aren't you saying something to me you know what i mean but mjf is like I mean, look at him. He's just, you know, it's, now he's got his mom and dad involved. Like, this is, it's so amazing. I, it's so wonderful and it's so believable. And how we had him on the wrestling perspective and he had a great time, but all he did was roast us. Yeah. You know, and that we kept him in character. Perfect. And that's, you know, that's what he did for an hour. And it was one of the best interviews we'd ever done just because the way he can sort of transcend, um you know, just the professional wrestling thing. I mean, the whole mid thing. I mean, even my kids knew about it but they didn't find out about it because they were watching aew every week because they're kind of week on week off with me um they found it out from like some rappers you know (laughs) what i mean so like that's how he transcends the business and that's the kind of guy that you want to build a company around yeah that's that so future i would say this one ends in a draw all right draw up next some some kind of disqualification no i get it yeah nothing 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 clean
0: nothing clean um up next eddie kingston and your dear friend cm
1: punk this is hard this is one that i don't want to predict but i don't think it's i I mean this is tough i mean i really can see this thing going and making money because this is like excuse me baby first baby face versus baby face basically
0: pretty much yep
1: that hardly ever works and when it and when it does it's like lightning in a bottle you know i think of um lawlor and dundee you know in memphis and then how that went down and i think of stone cold in the rock and i think of even though they tried to make stone cold the heel everybody was like nope. we're not having it you know so and even you know hogan and the rock that match i mean that was electrifying you know Um, Not to steal a catchphrase, but uh, yeah, this one has the potential to be huge. I think this can go on for a minute. I don't think it, it should just end here. I think there's a lot more to the story about, you know, I think there's a way because, you know, it's been publicly expressed about Punk's mental health and how he was, you know, working like a dog. And then you have Eddie Kingston bringing light and attention to that aspect. And I feel like, there's great. There's a. a there, it could be a great playoff of each other, and th- that could end up being something really good. Um, to the point where you might see them. I mean, I, if I could write this, this would go on for six to eight months. But wow. I don't think I'm going to be invited to that. <laughs> no. But um, <laughs> but I will say. I mean, I I I hope. I hope. It's like a 60 I don't know how long is it is it a 60 minute time I don't know if there's if they doesn't say I hope no. it goes the distance whatever it does I hope those two beat the shit out of each other and it goes the difference and we haven't settled it yet and I hope they do something old school like that
0: yeah I I'm hoping that this story keeps going as well <coughs> um love both because the there's really there.
1: not yeah I mean and there's really not a guy that can match punk on the mic skills maybe MJF right and that and, and Jericho, maybe. But, you know, he can get corny at times, even though I love him to death. Um, <clears throat> but I think he does that kind of purposely. But I, I feel like Eddie's really fucking believable. But so is my buddy Phil.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, up next, Jurassic Express with Christian Cage taking on Adam Cole in the Young Bucks.
1: Well, I think the Young Bucks and Adam Cole are going to go over. I really feel like... You know, there's got to be something with, you know, I think it's going to be like Kristen Cage might be the one that they pin. I kind of feel like that's going to happen because I I mean, you know, that's kind of what the the older, more respected wrestlers will do. They will give that gift and, you know, watching him at Bound for Glory, um, you know, (laughs) and the, the way that that ended and turned around. Um it was an exciting match. It was well put together. I think Christian Cage is probably the one one of the most talented wrestlers to ever face uh to step foot in the ring. Um but I I, I just have a feeling that, you know, Adam Cole, I mean, he's just he's the shit. And I think that the the two stars that, I mean, we know what the young bucks can do, right? But I feel like Jungle Boy needs an opportunity to to bust out of the, the crew kind of thing to become what he's meant to be. Because that kid is Fucking talented, and I think that seeing an Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy match, you know what I mean, later on down the line, and I feel like that's what they're building towards, and I feel like that could be a cage match from hell. I could be, I feel like it could be really, really good, and I feel like it could be an an evolution to Jungle Boy's character. Like he could get more, you know, because you know he's still a kid, right? So it's like Cody. In ten years, Cody's going to be, you know, he's going to be a lot bigger. He's going to be older. He's going to be wiser. He's going to be that much more big of a, of a star. And I feel like Jungle Boy is on that trajectory.
0: Awesome. I agree. I want to see Jungle Boy uh, break out of the Jurassic Express. But that's just me. Uh, Minneapolis street fight with the Inner Circle versus uh, mm-hmm. uh, Paige, Scorpio Sky, American Top Team. What
1: you got? Well, you know, I mean, Dan Lambert is like, unbelievable mm-hmm. i mean he's he's probably besides mjf the best heel they've got and it's yeah, exactly. like that, that's i mean and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i feel like you know just the way he can talk and his timing is impeccable um i feel like jericho i feel like i kind of feel like the top team's going to go over um i i, I it, but it's obviously going to be something you know dastardly and and you know it's going to be a bullshit finish and everybody's going to be home calm pissed and i i feel like jericho works better as the underdog i think he always has and i think that he always rises he's like the cream of the crop you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i feel like he's like milk the cream will rise to the top and i feel like if you start him in a position as an underdog uh, you it's just money
0: yeah, um, and plus there's a lot of members of that American Top team. It's going to be a clusterfuck, and, and I, I think they will come out on top uh, in the record books, I guess, uh, for sure. Uh, Eliminator Tournament Finals, Miro versus Brian Danielson.
1: Well, you know, I'm really – I mean, I think the obvious is, is, is Brian going over, and I feel like this is going to be a really, really good match because – you know their experience and you know how they've worked before and um i feel like you know being in the same companies now again right. you know they, they they know how to speak the language and i feel like it's kind of like anybody who's been in wwe that now is working in aew whenever they get into the ring with another person from that system or who has spent any considerable amount of time there there's a certain thing WWE has it's a certain style, and I feel like the really smart wrestlers um, take that a little bit of that style and keep the grit of AEW and that independent kind of vibe because they you know everybody knows that because they've all lived there. But and if they and it's like an amalgamation, and I think this, that's what makes those matches so special, and that's why I feel like you know the Omega, um, uh, Danielson, uh, Brian, um, whatever. I always get his name fucked up. It's Daniel Bryan, Brian Jameson. <laughs> exactly. I just I'm going to call it the American Dragon there you go. because that's, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know. Anyways, uh, before long story short, I feel like those guys are going to are going to make a, a a great match because I feel Miro's very talented. Um I think that he's uh, definitely been given an opportunity to to sort of come into his own as a believable beastie kind of like, you know, uh gnarly heel that doesn't really run away and i think that's going to be the biggest challenge of of the dragons um uh tenure here in aew and i think it's going to be a good match but i i kind of feel like brian's going to go over
0: do you think the winner of this match is foreshadowing the winner of omega hangman page and what i mean is like heel face so if Miro wins yeah you know foreshadowing hangman danielson omega
1: Well, I feel like that that's probably where it's going to go because uh, I don't necessarily know if Hangman, although he's a crowd favorite and an AEW guy through and through, I don't think that, you know, is, but the question I guess in my mind is, is, is he ready to take on that responsibility? Right. Right. Is, is, he, is he ready to become that guy? I don't know. But I think um, Omega has obviously come into his own in a lot of ways and there's other facets of his character. That he's been able to explore, he's been able to kind of stretch himself and become um, not a different character, but he's been able to use his person, stretch his personality, which I think has made him more viable. And he's a great fucking heel. He's a great wrestler, obviously. I wish he would sell a little bit better, but that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but I think the more, I think what's going to be more interesting is is part two. But my then my question is. Well, how are they going to top what they did, Right, you know? And it's going to take a lot unless they slow it down and it becomes um, more of a mat game. I don't know. The the only way that I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of the way that these matches go, there's not a lot of room. You know, the ceiling is, you're right there. And there's no, it's going to be, it's, there's there hasn't been something yet that's been so inventive that's going to break through that ceiling. You know what I mean? I feel like it's kind of like peaked a little bit, especially with that kind of style. And if you think about those guys, and I'm talking about like Punk, Samoa Joe, yeah. Dragon, uh, Amazing Red, you know, guys like Petey Williams, these types of guys who brought this style in, like sort of blew it all up and kind of sort of, they were like the Ramones. They came and changed rock and roll, right? So it's like they kind of did that but that was also so long ago and and i think everybody's trying to do that thing that but it was already done by these guys who no one does it better than them right, right? but if they're going to be the ones to take it to the next level what does that look like and then but then you see guys like ninja mac and gcw who is doing like insane stuff <laughs> exactly that's I've never seen. Oh my God, it's nuts what the this guy's doing and he's innovating. And it's like that's the only way that I could see it kind of like, you know, if one of if those guys took that kind of thing and made it and incorporated it into what they're doing. I'm not saying it's boring or it's been played out. I just say that it's like it's a certain style that that I feel will always be there. But since they're kind of the dudes that kind of did it, right, like, you know. As a musician, you're always wanting to push yourself and do different things, and and it's really easy to stay in in the safety zone, right? And you always want to kind of move out of stuff and try different things. And me, it was about like joining other bands and you know doing other kinds of shit or whatever. But I would take that thing and bring it back to Rancid or to whoever I was recording with or playing with at that time, and I would take that knowledge and bring it in there and then elevate that or try to elevate that. And I feel like they're, we're talking about two guys that bring something to elevate and they've elevated each other. They had a five-star fucking match, yeah. but what do you do to top that? Where do you go? That's my question.
0: We're going to find out, suppose. So, who I do, so, you all right. So hold on. Okay. So who do you got Omega or Hangman?
1: I think it's going to be Omega and I think it's going to be, uh uh, 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 Brian and Omega. You know, it has to be, I don't think unless it's, unless it's brian and hangman which would be fuck. i mean that would be pretty beautiful too i mean that would be the most unexpected and it would but then you're in a baby face baby face kind of thing again and so then who plays what role and we're already kind of seeing a baby face versus baby face with you know punk and eddie kingston so I don't know is that too much you know you get what i'm saying yeah. so it's going to be interesting, but i don't really I, but honestly i don't really i don't really want to know yeah i really honestly don't i am more happy to to watch it unfold and be surprised you know
0: lucha bros and ftr tag championship match
1: oh man i think it's going to be ftr Me too. i really I honestly might. do I love um those guys I think the Lucha Brothers are incredible. Of course, I think it, they're wonderful. I, I thought that match um when they took the belts was incredible against. Yeah, um, uh, De- this is the problem: hitting the head too many times. Where did they win the belts from?
0: Uh, Young Bucks.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Young Bucks. So you that see. match was was yeah, Vanessa's awesome. She's yeah, coming. Right? In. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
0: And then. I guess we'll end with the women's match. Britt okay. Baker, DMD versus Ty yep. Conti.
1: Ooh. Uh, Going to be Britt all the way, 100%. I agree. I agree.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for, for doing that with us. We've never done it with anyone, but I thought Wrestling Perspective Podcast, we got a pay-per-view coming up. Let's grab your perspective. Why not, right?
1: right yeah well cool thank you very much i appreciate it
0: um lars what we do at the end of every show is i'm going to give you the mic now we've been dropping the links in the chat you can put over anything you want wrestling perspective plug anything bury anyone talk about your solo ep which is phenomenal by the way so people should check that out but the floor is yours my friend
1: well, you know, I got the new solo EP dropping on the 26th of November. Um, I'm super excited about it. It's six songs. I sort of revisited a couple covers and I'm, uh, you know, did a couple videos. The last video comes out pretty soon for Skunks. Um, I'm on, obviously on the Wrestling Perspective podcast and, you know, um, on Fight TV. And I think there's a YouTube, YouTube channel and a Twitch um, channel as well. Um, on Instagram, I'm, I'm just Lars for anything with a blue check on, on social media is me. I don't really fuck with Facebook cause I just think it's, it's Neither. toxic and it's stupid. And, um, let's see, uh, what else am I doing? Oh, I, um, that, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to bury anybody. No. You know what I mean? It's like, this, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any assholes that I, that I can remember. Well, there is one asshole, but I I, I don't don't want to talk shit about him. But um, let's see. Uh, That's all I really have, man. I mean, I'm just stoked, and thanks for taking your time out for me, and thanks, for Vanessa, for putting this this together. I know I've been sort of uh, hard to nail down, and I'm sorry, once again, I was late.
0: Hey, that's fine. Thank you for giving us your time. Thank your family for giving us the time, and uh, we'll see you soon, man.
1: All right, awesome. Thank you.
0: Take care. Peace. Bye-bye. Great great stuff.